0: Look at your neighbor. Give them a high five. Tell them they look better this year than last year. Uh, Man, I'll tell you what. Yesterday when we woke up, I told my kids, you know, I said, I haven't seen you in a year. And my kids thought that was so funny. And uh, they've been, you know, Dad, you haven't beat me in a year. You so we kind of went to the next level. But uh, listen, we're glad that you're here. My name is Travis. I'm one of the pastors here. Our senior pastor, Pastor John, uh, he will be back next week uh, bringing a new message series uh, just to kickstart the new year. But I'm so happy to be here. It's always good to be in the house of the Lord, worshiping God. There's no better place to be. Can I get an amen? amen. Man. Huh. How many people are excited that it's 2022? Whether you're excited or not, we are here. 2021 is over. It's in the trash can. We got a new year. And I'll tell you what, to some degree, 2021 for me, I don't know about you, but it seemed like it went by really fast. In another regard, it seemed like 2021 went by really slow, and it feels like 2020 and 2021 were the same year that they just kind of got together and said, we're going to do the same stuff for two years. And uh, I am glad this 2022. I really am. I'm excited what the Lord's going to do. I'm excited to see what he's going to do in our church and in your lives as well. Uh, A couple nights ago, as I was thinking about the new year, anybody try to be a little uh, introspective the last couple days of the year? I try to, I try to kind of look at my life and examine my life and all that, but I begin to think about all the things that happened in 2021, and if we're to be honest, 2021 was a little crazy, okay? I mean, it was just a little crazy, and I wrote down some highlights. Um, in 2021, we got a new president. Like him or not like him, we have a new president. Uh, last February, we got 24 inches of snow in Texarkana. Man, that's weird, Right? That's just weird. Um, We're still in the middle of a pandemic uh, this past year. And even now, several new strains of COVID hit us this past year. Uh, The federal government and state governments, they're arguing like crazy, like always, about mandates, about abortion, about all these things. Uh, If you remember, we had the Summer Olympics just a few months ago. Like, I forgot all about that. Go USA. I think we represented pretty well. Uh, We had supply chain issues all year and still even to today. I mean, things that you normally get pretty quick, they're out there on a ship. Um, What else happened in 2021 is a thing called inflation. Have you heard of it? Inflation is when you go to the store expecting to spend 40 bucks and you spend 60. That's inflation. Inflation is when you go to the dollar store and the stuff that should be a dollar is a dollar and a quarter. That's inflation. They say it's 6.5%, but if you do the numbers they've always done, it's 15%. That's what happened in 2021. Uh, A couple days ago in Texarkana, it's 80 degrees, and today it's 22 degrees. This year has been crazy. Uh, Betty White died a couple days ago, and to top it off, we made national news because in Texarkana, we got fish falling from the heaven. What in the world happened last year? I mean, sometimes I think God just has a sense of humor. Man, I think he was like, I'm just going to end this year for these people in Texas Canada. We're going to let some fish just be whirled up and just fall down in people's yards. And, uh, you know, God provides, right? (laughs) 2021 was nuts. But look at me, 2022, there's no telling what's about to happen. Nobody knows what's about to happen except God who sits on his throne, who is faithful, who is good, who has a plan and purpose for our life for this year. And I'm excited about what Jesus has. Amen? But listen, if you think about the, the last two years, it's been uh, uncertain. There's been a lot of uncertainty. There's been a lot of shaking in our country and the world from the pandemic to earthquakes, to fires, uh, to protests throughout the world over mandates, over human rights. But again, thank God that he sits on his throne and he cares for you and he cares for me. Throughout the history, uh, throughout mankind's history, God has used uncertainty and shaking to get his people's attention. God has always used it, and this shaking and this uncertainty that's going on has a purpose. Throughout time, if you think about uh, ancient Israel, and you think about when God sent Elijah and he said, Prophesy, it's not going to rain for three years, it didn't rain for three years. There was a shaking there was uncertainty, but you know what? The people of Israel turned back to God. You think about the people in Gideon's time, the children of Israel. The Bible says that they're being oppressed. The Bible says that they are threshing wheat uh, in the wine press, a picture of barely surviving when Israel had been called to thrive. It was a shaking going on, but God got Israel's attention. You think about Abraham. When God called Abraham to sacrifice his one and only son, Isaac, remember right there up on the mountain, that was a shaking in Abraham's life, but it developed character and faithfulness and trust, and it qualified him to be the father of many nations. You think about Paul. Paul, who was Saul, remember he used to kill and persecute Christians. He's on the back of a horse. He gets knocked off of it on the Damascus road, and God transforms his life. He ends up going from murdering Christians to to writing two-thirds of the New Testament, but he had a tough time. He was shipwrecked. He was in prison. He was stoned, all to bring forth God glory in a season of shaking and uncertainty. Have you ever been shaken in your life? Have you ever had uncertainty in your life? I can remember several years ago, uh, a lot of you know the story. I I had kidney failure and ended up getting on dialysis before I got my kidney transplant. And I'm telling you, that was a shaking in my life and my family's life. But it produced faith that, that I didn't have. It produced some character. It produced some compassion for people. God has always, to some degree, allowed shaking to go on. Hebrews chapter 26 verses 26 and 7, Paul tells us what can be shaken will be shaken. How many people believe that's happening in our nation and around the world? Of course it's happening. It's happening right before us. I believe that this shaking is happening in our country and globally. It's happening for several reasons. But I believe the primary reason is to wake up the church of Jesus Christ. I believe it's to awaken us to follow him better, to be more hungry for the things of God, to be more obedient to God. I believe God is also stirring us because God has a lost group of people that are out there and he wants the church to go minister to them. It's God's will that none shall perish. When things are shaking around the world, people look to something, and we believe God's going to continue to expand his kingdom. Right now in 2021 or last year, more people came into the kingdom of God than ever before. More people were martyred than ever before. God is doing something in this shaking, and God wants us to be a part of what he's doing. God wants the church to wake up. God wants the church to be alert. God wants us to do what he wants us to do. Amen? How many people you've ever been asleep in the middle of the night, and you are awakened to a banging on your door? A few of y'all. Don't come to my house and do that, okay? Okay. But listen, if someone is knocking on your door at 1 a.m., 2 a.m., there's a problem. And in an instant, what are you going to do? You're going to be awake. You're going to be alert. You're going to be ready. You're going to be grabbing a bat, a pistol, a shotgun, a rock, a shoe, something to defend yourself. Now, if it's a friend or a family member, you're going to invite them in and you're going to try to meet their need. If it's someone bent on doing harm to you or to your family, you are going to do what is necessary. I believe that God is allowing shaking uh, uh, to happen around us and uncertainty because God wants our response. God wants us to awaken. God wants us to be ready to roll and to do what he would have us to do this year. Throughout history, God has used his people in times of uncertainty for his glory, and God is wanting to do the same thing in 2022. That's what shaking was about with those people that I mentioned earlier, to get a response. And I believe that God wants to do something amazing in this city, in your family, at your workplace, in the earth. And God wants us to be a part of the work that he's going to do. Make no mistake about it. God's going to do his work. And the question we have to answer, are we going to be a part of it? Are we going to be a part of what God wants to do in 2022? This year, there's going to be some unexpected things that happen. There always are. There's going to be trials and tribulations in our country in Texarkana, maybe in your own life, but God knows about it. God's got it, and God wants us to seek him, to follow him, and to be obedient, and to ultimately bear his very image in the earth in 2022. Can I get an amen? Our job is to grow, our job is to hold the line, our job is to be what God has called us to be. There's millions of people all around us that are in desperate need of Jesus, and Jesus is going to use us if we will let him to be the image of God to show people who Jesus is. And that's what I want to talk about for a few minutes this morning. I want to talk about how 2022 can be the best year ever because we're going to follow God like never before, right? How many people say, man, whatever 2022 brings, I'm going to follow God. Come hell or high water, I'm going to follow him. I'm going to be used by him. And God's going to get the glory for my life this year. Um, If you have your Bible, I want you to turn with me to a a great passage in Nehemiah chapter 1. For today's message, we're going to use part of Nehemiah's uh, story as a case study on how God can use the shaking and the unexpected things that happen uh, for his glory. We're going to see how Nehemiah was faced with challenges, but how he responded in a godly manner. And we're going to look at three ways that we can be used by God to face uncertainty in this time. And the reason we're talking about this stuff is there's a lot of things that are happening, things that I don't understand, things that uh, the best theologians or apostles don't understand, but God understands, and God is going to give us a blueprint for what we're supposed to do. Let's pray. Lord, we love you this morning. We thank you that you are good, that you are faithful that there is nobody like you. Lord, I pray that as I speak, there'd be a voice within my voice, God, that would hit its mark. It would hit our heart and we would leave this place bent on doing what you would have us to do. We love you. Bless the word in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Nehemiah chapter 1. Here's what the Bible says. It says, The words of Nehemiah the son of Hakkali. Now it happened in the month of Shisliv, which is December, in the 20th year, as I was in Susa, the city, that Hananiah, one of my brothers, came with certain men from Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped who had survived the exile and concerning Jerusalem and they said to me the remnant there in the province who had survived the exile is in great trouble and shame the wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been destroyed by fire just for a second, I want us to pick up where we are in history of what's happening. Some of you will know this, but the period right as I'm reading is right, right before this is referred to as the Babylonian exile. In 605 B.C., Babylon besieges Jerusalem. And what happens is thousands upon thousands of people are killed. Uh, The city is completely burnt to the ground. The temple that Solomon built is in ruins. And what happens is a whole lot of Jewish people that aren't killed, they're exiled, and they're taken captive by the Babylonians. Well, what happens 70 years after this is Persia overthrows Babylon. And when this happens, a lot of the Jewish exiles who had been in exile, they are allowed to go back to the homeland and to begin rebuilding their city and the temple and the walls. The Old Testament refers to three waves of exiles that returned. One team was led by Zerubbabel in 538 B.C. The other was led by Ezra 80 years later and at the same time Nehemiah in 445 So about 90 years after the first wave goes back to Jerusalem, or 162 years after the fall of Jerusalem is where we pick up and the words just came to Nehemiah. Let's continue to read. Verse 4, says, As soon as I heard these words, I sat down and I wept and I mourned for days. I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven, and I said, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant that I now pray before you day and night for the people of Israel, your servants, confessing the sins of the people of Israel which have sinned against you, even I in my father's house have sinned. Verse eleven says, Now I was a cupbearer to the king. CHAPTER two In the months of in the month of Nisan, which is April, in the twentieth year of King Arxerxes, when wine was before him, I took up the wine, I gave it to the king. Now I had not been sad in his presence, and the king said to me, Why is your face sad, seeing you are not sick? This is nothing but sadness of the heart, then I was very much afraid. I said to the king, let the king live forever. Why should not my face be sad when the city, the place of my father's graves lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? Then the king said to me, what are you requesting? And so I prayed to the God of heaven and I said to the king, if it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in your sight that you might send me to Judah to see the city of my father's graves that I might rebuild it. Jump down to verse 8. It says this, And the king granted me what I asked for, for the good hand of God was upon me. I'm praying for all of us this year that the good hand of the Lord will be upon us. Nehemiah hears about the bad things that are going on in Jerusalem and so he goes to the king and asks him if he can go back and rebuild the walls. Again, I'm talking about three points today. This is a clear roadmap for you to follow. Three ways during uncertainty and shaking that we can be of benefit to God in 2022. And here's the first point. The first way to make a difference this year is to say yes to the cause that God brings before you. That's what Nehemiah did. Follow me here. Over the last two years, I think we would all agree that we have been exposed to a lot of needs around us. People sick, people that have COVID, people that have lost jobs, people that have lost loved ones, people that have been depressed or oppressed, people that are heartbroken, people in pain, kids in need. The needs around us are great and they're endless. Amen. Nehemiah was just exposed to a great need. Follow me here. Nehemiah is a cupbearer to the king in Persia. His literal job was to eat the food that was brought before the king and to drink the drinks that were brought before the king. Listen, that sounds like a pretty good job. Amen? Until you get poisoned. It's a pretty good job. Every job's got its ups and downs, right? So he has a pretty good job. Here's the problem, Nehemiah is a Jew, his descendants are from Jerusalem, he had never been to Jerusalem, he had always been a slave in captivity. In Persia, however as we're reading, Nehemiah hears about the tragedy that is still going on in Jerusalem, and it breaks his heart, the condition that he hears about. He hears that the walls are down, he hears that the gate is still broken down. Listen, if you don't have walls and a gate, you do not have a city. What has been happening is raiders have been coming in, they've been stealing, they've been pillaging, they've been killing people. What I want us to notice is that Nehemiah has been exposed to a need, and Nehemiah had to do something about the need that was brought before him. Did he have a good job? Yes. Did he have a good setup? Yes. Was his life comfortable? Yes. Yet something inside of him says, I have to do something because something has just come before me. I don't know if you're aware of this, but our country, once again, right now, there are a lot of problems that are happening. There's a lot of injustices that are going on. There's a lot of babies being aborted. We have a sex trafficking problem in our own city right here. We have young people that are getting hooked on drugs and alcohol. We have bullying. We have almost 50% of kids growing up without daddies in the home. I read a uh, a Pew Research poll two days ago that showed 29% of U.S. adults have no religious affiliation. In-person church attendance has dropped over 17% since the pandemic. Teen depression and suicide has risen astronomically over the last year and a half. Teen suicide attempts in girls has risen 51% in the last year. This isn't even mentioning the problems uh, going on in other nations, the outbreak of AIDS and starvations and civil wars. I read two days ago as well that 47 million cases of abortion worldwide. There are problems going on around us, and all this can be overwhelming, but you know what? God has placed us here in 2022 to do something about some of these issues, Not every issue, but God is going to bring something in front of you, and God wants you to seek him because God wants to use you and me to do something about what's happening. I say this all the time, but the problems that are going on in our nation are not affiliated with the political party. It's in direct correlation to the church. When the church follows God, God does great things. When the church is asleep, we see chaos take place. Listen, we don't live in a vacuum where the church steps back, where Christians don't step up. The culture takes over. The problem is not the loss in the culture. The problem is Christians waking up. Listen, it's not the governor of Texas's job to stop sex trafficking in Texarkana. It's our job. It's not the government's job to feed people in Texarkana. It's the church's job. It's our job to be the hands and feet of Christ. Jesus said, I'm going to go away because it's going to be better because I'm leaving you the Holy Spirit. You're going to do more than me. How can we do more than him? Because Jesus in us, you and you and you and me. God is wanting to use us in this great hour of need and great hour of shaking because he has equipped you to do something for Jesus right now. Can the church say amen? What I love about Nehemiah is Nehemiah saw the problem and he acted. He didn't go looking for the problem. The problem came to him, and he did something about it. He owned it. He left his cush, comfortable job to do something greater. And a problem that I see in my own life and I see in the lives of believers around me at times is we see injustices. We see problems right in front of us. And a lot of times we don't do much about it because we live a lot of times in a life of of comfortability. We have it pretty good. We got food in the fridge. You know, we got a house to keep us away from the rain. We got a vehicle. We got enough shows to watch on TV to fill up multiple lifetimes. Life is pretty good when your favorite show's coming out with a new season. Come on, it's comfortable when we can just scroll and scroll and scroll through our phones. I think a lot of times it's like we don't want to get involved with issues around us in our culture or even our own neighborhood because we're busy, we're consumed, we have our own things that are going on. And we realize that if we do something for God, it's going to cost us something. But that is exactly what we signed up to do when we became Christians. That's why we are here. That's why we got the jersey is to do something for Jesus. The sad part is a lot of us, we wear the jersey, but we're not really on the team. Team Jesus loves people. Team Jesus cares for people. Team Jesus goes out of the way. Team Jesus is interrupted to meet the needs of people. Now is the season to not just wear the jersey, but now is the season to prove that we're on the team. Now is the season to get off the bench. Now is the season to jump into the game. The litmus test for a Christian comes down to this. Are we looking like, acting like, following Jesus Christ? Because if we're not, the shirt that we're wearing, the jersey that we're wearing is not real. It's not authentic. It came from wish. Some of you are like, I don't know what you're talking about. Some of you that do know what I'm talking about, you lost some money. How many people ever opened up a gift? You ordered it. You're so excited. Amazon drops it off. You open it up you're like, what what is this? It's not what I ordered. Then you just like give it away to somebody else. You're like, I was thinking of you. No, you weren't. It didn't fit. Anyway. What is right in front of your face right now that you cannot get past? What cause is God putting in your face right now? Maybe it's reaching out to the person that's sick. Maybe it's helping someone with that car payment that has lost their job or a house payment. Maybe it's going to the jails for a season to speak to people. Maybe it's volunteering to coach your kid's team so you can be a positive influence to kids who don't have dads. Maybe it's writing that check to the missionary because you know that God has placed it on your heart to pray for them and you've got some extra money. I don't know what it is, but God is calling us to hear his heart and to do what he wants us to do. I think a, a great example to, to explain this further, we all know Miss Linnell. Her and Pastor John have been the pastors here 31, 32 years. And if we were to classify what is Miss Linnell's calling outside of being a Christian, being a follower, being a wife, being a mother called to this church, we would say that she has a calling for the poor indigenous women in Mexico. A lot of you in here, you've went on trips with her. Listen, this year she had six or seven trips planned to go to Mexico from the border of Tijuana to the mountains of Chiapas, Mexico, to go pour in to encourage and to see these women turn around. We would say that's her calling. A few months ago, I think it was June or July, I remember it was really hot. We have a ministry called Grace House that ministers to women uh, and their children that are in a tough spot. Listen, Miss Linnell went over there, and man, the walls were you know, not looking so good. The ceiling wasn't looking so good. Outside wasn't looking so good. And so what Miss Linnell, something pittered, like we have to do something about this. So she organized 20 or 30 of us over a weekend. Man, let me tell you, we put some sweat equity into that place. She has a calling to do all the things that I said, but something came in front of her face and she said, I have to deal with this. What is that thing right now in your life that has hit you in the face that you have to deal with? We're all called to follow Jesus. We're all called to read our Bible. We're all called to pray. We're all called to make disciples. We're all called to influence our workplace. But what is the cause in front of you that you cannot get away from? That's what God's calling you to do this year, amen? That's what God is calling me to do. Some of y'all notice, you know, Whitney and I in our family, we got a, a little baby that is with us. It's because a call hit our face, a cause, and we had to do something. When God calls you to do something, he puts a cause or a problem in front of you. You can say yes to God or you can say no to God. God's promise is going to be fulfilled with or without you. I want to be, be with it. I want to be, God, proud of me and proud of you because we say yes to him. With all the problems that we are facing right now, don't just read the Texarkana Gazette. Don't just watch Fox News and say there's problems. Do something about the problem. You know, man, that person's yard right beside me, it's so shabby, man. It's so terrible. Go mow it. Oh, yeah. I guess I could. Or I could call someone and, and, and have the city come over. Come on, let's help people. Let's do what Jesus has called us to do. The reason God gives you a cause is because he trusts you, but he trusts you to act. He's a good father. He loves us. He cares about us, but he trusts us to do what he wants us to do because we're Christians. My kids, my older kids, they have chores at the house. Uh, My son Gabe, one of his chores is to take out the trash. He knows what he's supposed to do. Sometimes he forgets. Can he do it? Yes. He doesn't forget sometimes. Yes. As Christians, sometimes we forget, but I'm believing God this year is going to spark something inside of us where we are about the father's business. What I love about Nehemiah is when God spoke to his heart, he did something. And I want to encourage us as we begin this new year to seek God. What is the thing that God wants you to do and to do it? God's going to give you the grace to do it. That's the reason that we are setting aside the month of January to seek God, to pray, to fast, to read our Bibles. It's because God wants to do something great in us and through us. It's going to have just great effects, great ripple throughout this community and throughout the world. We need every person in here. We need you close to God. We need you prayed up. We need you fasting. We need you meeting the needs of people around us. We need it. Before I move on to the next point, I promise these next two will be fast. Listen, I've been reading about this guy. uh, His name is Diedrich Bonhoeffer. Have you ever heard of him? He's one of my just heroes of the faith. Just a little bit about him. He was alive uh, during World War II, during the reign of the Third Reich. He was a, a Christian man. He was against, obviously, what the Nazis were doing. He loved the Jewish people, and he was helping the Jewish people. Uh, long story short, he actually uh, was part of a plot to, uh, to kill Hitler. They found out about it a few few weeks before the war actually ended. He was executed at 39 years old. But during this time, in 1933, 1934, 1935, as Hitler is gaining power, one of the first things that he did is he nationalized the German church. Basically, the Gestapo would go in to these churches, and if you were not basically following down the line of what Hitler wanted you to talk about, man, you were removed. Uh, Bonhoeffer, he was a professor in a seminary, and he had done that for a few years, and he ends up getting basically fired, and they tell him, don't come back. You know, we're going to kill you. Really interesting. So here's what Bonhoeffer does. He's 29 years old. He knew what the Nazis were doing. He knew what they were capable of. He knew what was about to happen. So he starts this underground seminary for two years. Men and women would come to this place, and they would wake up early in the morning, and they would pray, and they would fast, and they would learn Scripture, and they would pray late into the night. And this place became known to the people who found out about it. It's just a place where these fanatical people uh, were for Jesus, these radicals. I mean, it was just over the top. In the book I'm reading, one of these pastoral friends comes to Bonhoeffer, and he's like, what are you doing? You're going to get found out. You're going to get caught. And why are you being so zealous? Why are you being so radical? And it's interesting, Bonhoeffer puts him in a rowboat, and they row just a little bit away from this underground seminary and they come to one of these Nazi training camps and they see these men that are being trained and they're shooting guns and they're running. They see little kids that are being indoctrinated. They see airplanes that are taking off. And here's what Bonhoeffer says to him. We have to be stronger here than they are there. We have to be more prepared here than they are there. And I'm telling you, as a Christian in 2022, there's a lot of mess that's going on out there. The church has to be equipped to do what Jesus has called us to do. Our punch has to strike heavier and harder and more often than the punch of the enemy. The church dedicated to Jesus Christ is the most powerful entity in the world. We have to allow God to use us in this hour. We punch the devil by praying. We punch the devil by seeking God. We punch the devil by helping people around us. That's what God has called us to do this year. you got to have a cause this year. you got to have a fight this year. And when God puts it in you, do what he says. Amen. Let's move on. So Nehemiah he hears about the terrible situation in Jerusalem. His heart breaks. He hears that God has a he hears God's plan. He goes to the king. The king releases him to go back. Let's look what happens in Nehemiah chapter two verse eleven. It takes him three months to get to Jerusalem. Verse eleven says, "So I went to Jerusalem, and I was there for three days. Then I arose in the night, I and a few men with me, and I told no one what my God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. There was no animal with me." But the one which I rode. Here's the second point: to make a difference in 2022, with all the shaking and the uncertainty that will come, God wants to rebuild fallen walls in our life. God wants to do a great work in our life. Listen, as 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 Nehemiah is going from uh, comes into the city, he doesn't let anybody know that he's there. What is he doing? He's examining the walls. He's looking at the walls. He's inspecting the walls. For us to make the biggest increase, to us to make the biggest impact this year, for us to walk in the fullness that God has for each and every one of us, for us to fulfill the cause that God has for us, we must let God rebuild broken walls in our life. I want you to think about your life. What is messed up? What are you holding on to? What needs to be repaired? What do you need to allow God to fix? Because the good news is God wants to fix and restore what is broken. If we're to be honest, over the last few years, things have been hard. Things have been hard for you, things have been hard for me, maybe in some similar ways, maybe in some different ways. But when things are tough and you go through a hard time, a lot of times we carry baggage with us from one day to the next, from one month to the next, and even bringing it into the next year. That's what happens. Some of us, we have some unforgiveness, we have some jealousy, we have some pride, we have some hurt, we have some pain, we have some depression, we have some hatred. Did you know that your good Father in heaven wants to repair those broken walls in your life? He wants to restore you. He wants to help you. Listen, Jesus came to the earth, he lived 33 years, he never sinned, that qualified him to die on the cross for our sins, he didn't just die so we could go to heaven one day when we were 90 years old, barely crossing the finish line, hurt, broken, full of pain. He died on the cross so we could be restored to the Father, first and foremost, absolutely, but he died so we could live an overcoming life here on this earth, Jesus doesn't want you bound. Jesus doesn't want you addicted. Jesus doesn't want your heart breaking because something happened 5, 10, 20 years ago. He wants to restore. He is the restorer. He wants to help you. He wants to restore you. He's a good, good father. And I think a lot of times the world is trying to tell us a few lies that that God's not interested or as a Christian you're just barely supposed to get by. Listen, there's there's a lot of just misconceptions out there. Do I think on one end of the spectrum that God wants everyone to be billionaires and to never have a worry? Well, I don't because if you look at the early disciples, they all died martyrs' deaths. So that can't be true. And also on this side of the end, God does not want you broken and messed up. He wants you restored. God does not want you to live 70 years when you're called to live 90 years either. God wants to restore. But here's a stipulation. You may say, man, why why won't God just fix this issue in my life? Why won't God just do it? Why do I have to mess with it? Because God created each and every one of us with free will. We have the choice to decide to follow God, to give God our hurts and our hang-ups and our brokenness and our sin, or we have the decision not to. God is not going to take something from you without your will yielding it to him. God, the greatest thing God gave us is free will. God did not create a robot. The greatest expression of love and worship to God is for us to freely worship God and to care about the things of God. God will not take from you that. When we give God our worship, that's what pleases him because that's something he won't make us give him. God wants us to give him our hurts. God wants us to give him our baggage. God's shoulders are wide and he can handle it. Amen? The solution to the baggage and the hurt is found in Matthew chapter 28. This is what Jesus says. Come to me, all who labor and you're heavy laden. I'm going to give you rest Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Some of you right now, you're carrying heavy loads. Your mental capacity, your heart, your soul is unhealthy. The good news, Jesus wants to exchange his wholeness for your brokenness. How many people in here you've ever watched the shows like with the businesses where they come in and they like turn businesses around like they're broken businesses. There's like reality shows about this. If you hadn't watched it, don't. But I'll give you the premise. These business owners, are about to go under. They're about to go bankrupt. They can't make the mortgage. Nobody's coming to the restaurant or to their store. And they'll bring these people in and these people will examine their place. They'll walk into the bathroom and and one sinks out and one stall door is broken and then they'll go and they'll look at the the menu and half the menu they don't even serve. The tables that people sit at, they're all wobbly. And as they're walking them around, the owners are like, yeah, yeah, man, we meant to get to that. We meant to fix that seat. We meant to put some napkins under that table, you know. Some of y'all know you got it at the house right now. Hey, we do too. No shame. Listen. The children of Israel and Nehemiah's day, they're doing the same thing. Oh, man, our walls are still down, gates are still broken, but, you know, it is what it is. God wants to restore what is broken. God wants to heal what is hurt. Amen? God can fix all these things. Did you know if you read out through the book of Nehemiah, in 52 days, this wall and the gates were restored? What had been broken for 160 years were fixed in less than two months. What you've been dealing with for a long time that you think you can never get over and you can never get through, I'm here to tell you God can do it, and he can do it quicker than you ever thought he could do it. He can turn the depression around. He can fix that relationship with you and your spouse or you and your family. He can do it. But we have to give it to him. Amen? because you're his beloved and he cares for you. Don't keep holding on to the baggage of 2021. It's a new year. God said he makes all things new, amen? If you don't get through, if you don't give him your baggage, let me tell you what'll happen though. You'll be like Samson, someone who had great potential, but forfeited part of their life because he was unwilling to give that baggage to the Lord. You'll be like Judas, someone who had gifts and talents, who followed Jesus for three years, yet forfeited his life because he couldn't get over his love for money. Don't be like that. Amen. Here's our third and our final way to make a difference in 2022. Is, this is my favorite point. Keep hammering, keep holding the sword, and do not leave the wall even when opposition comes. Because it's going to come in 2022. Look what Nehemiah does, chapter 4. It says, When Sanballat, who is one of the enemies, heard that they were building the wall, he was angry and enraged. He jeered at the Jews. And he goes on to, he makes fun of them, and Tobiah makes fun of them. Verse 6 says this, So we built the wall. And all the wall was joined together to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. But when Sambalatha and Tobiah, the Arabs and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the repairing of the walls of Jerusalem was going forward and that the breaches were beginning to be closed, they were very angry. And they all plotted together to come and to fight against Jerusalem and to cause confusion in it. Verse 9, And we prayed to our God, and we set a guard as protection against them day and night. Verse 18, And each of the builders had to him strapped a sword at his side while he built. The man who sounded the trumpet was beside me. Chapter 6, verse 3, they're calling him to come down. Nehemiah, come down. He continues to say, I can't come down for I'm doing a good work. Throughout the book of Nehemiah, throughout the story, he faces shaking and opposition and problems. But does he stop? Nope. He keeps going. That's what God is calling us to do this year. Not to stop when it gets hard. Not to stop when things are uncertain, but to keep going. This year, there's going to be some ups and downs. There's going to be some trials. There's going to be tribulations. Keep holding your hammer. Keep holding your sword. Do not come down from the wall. Do not give in. Do not let the enemy tempt you and do not fall into sin. Do not stop praying. Do not stop reading your Bible. God has a plan. Keep staying on the wall. As our worship team is coming back up, You may say, how am I going to be able to do this? I've, I've, you know, I've had best intentions, you know, throughout, you know, some of the years. And I've just, you know, I haven't been able to to continue with those things. Listen, I'm not telling you, set goals, set resolutions, do whatever you want to do. But back your ears and follow Jesus every single day. It's worth it. Every day we're going to seek God with our whole heart. Just, Just commit to yourself right now. I'm going to seek God with my whole heart. Every day I'm going to be led by God's Spirit. God's going to show me who to interact with, who to pray for, who to bless. Every day we're going to allow God to use us. Every day when the enemy attacks, we're not going to give in. We're not going to be conformed to the world. We're going to be conformed into the image of Christ. We're not going to scroll our life away on our phones and do nothing. We're going to pray. We're going to come to church. We're going to study the Word. We're going to help people. We're going to make disciples. And we're going to get closer to God than ever before. We're going to see God move, not because we're anything special, but because He is. And because He has a mandate for us right now. Listen, I don't know about you, but I'm excited about this year. I don't know what's going to happen, but it kind of gets me excited. If we got fish falling from the sky three days ago, man, what is 2022 going to behold? Out of every single generation, year, century that you could have been born, you are here now in a pandemic with problems in shaking for the glory of God we're living in times that they're going to write about and talk about we're in the middle of it God used a simple man named Nehemiah who was a slave to transform a nation before I pray for us today I have a couple questions here's the first one what is my cause for this year Uh, Your cause is, there's certain things that it's all our cause. It's our cause, all of us, to follow Jesus with all of our heart. It's all of our cause to share the good news, to make disciples. But what is that one thing that God has placed in front of you? Be faithful to do it. Some of you, you're doing it right now, and I just commend you. Have God give you the eyes to see this year, and that comes through praying, through seeking God. When you pray and seek God, God illuminates what He wants us to do. Here's the second question. Do you have some walls that are down in your life right now? I want you to know this, God cares for you, God loves you and God wants to help you. Maybe you've got some sin in your life right now. Listen, there's no condemnation in Christ. You can repent of your sins in just a minute. God will forgive you, he'll cast them aside and you can start this year fresh. Some of you in here, you have pain, you have heartache, you have doubt, you have depression. Give that to Jesus. He wants to take it. He wants to restore you. He wants to help you. Amen. Listen, as I was thinking about the Old Testament and the story of Nehemiah, the Old Testament, the main purpose of the Old Testament is to shine light on who? Jesus. It's to point to Him. Nehemiah is a type and a shadow of Jesus Christ. I want you to think about it for a second. Nehemiah, What did he do? He heard about a need. What was that need? That need was the walls were broken down. Nehemiah cared about the people, so he left his comfortable job to go do something, to go help the people. What else did Nehemiah do? Nehemiah stayed on that wall until the work was complete. Who does that sound like? Sounds like Jesus. Jesus knew the need. The need was us. The need was we needed a savior. The need was we have all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Jesus knew what the need was. And you know what? Jesus left heaven to come here because he cared for us. Because he loves us. Even on your worst day and my worst day, Jesus loves us. He cares for you. He sees you. He knows what you're going through, but he loves you. And then finally, what did Jesus also do? Jesus stayed until the work was complete. What was that work? It was 33 years not sinning at all. It was going to the cross, being crucified to the cross, and he finished that work. And because he died, now we can live. Because he died, now we can have a a right to come to, to God through Jesus. Because he died, when we repent, we get to go to heaven one day. Jesus didn't halfway do it. Jesus went all the way. He didn't come down from the tree. He stayed up there. You know, as I was reading uh, in a scripture the other day, listen to this. Right after as Jesus is dying, Matthew 27, 50 and 51, it says, Jesus cried out again with a loud voice. He yielded his spirit. The curtain of the temple was torn in two. From top to bottom, the earth shook and the rocks split. Matthew 24 as it's talking about Jesus returning to the earth there's going to be a shaking going on I don't know when that's going to be it could be in a year it could be in a thousand years but what I know in this time of uncertainty and shaking I want to make sure that my life is right with Jesus amen let's stand on our feet listen if you're in this place today and you've never put your trust in Christ you've never repented of your sins the best thing that you could do is we start this new year is to say yes to Jesus. Jesus died, like I said, a brutal death on the cross in your place and in my place. If you've never said yes to Him or maybe you haven't, you've gotten away from Him. The greatest thing that we could do on January 2nd, 2022 is yield our heart to Him. And if you're here today and you'd like to do that, I want you just to raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you where you're at. We had several people throughout the last few services. Anybody in the house say, I need to yield my heart to the Lord today. Amen. If you would like to do that in a few minutes, I'll be at the cross. I want everyone to close your eyes and lift your hands. I want to pray for you. Lord, today, I thank you that you love us, that you care about us. Lord, that you are faithful, that you are true. No one is like you. Lord, we thank you for this year. We don't know what it's going to hold. We don't know what's going to happen. But God, we know that you're in control and we trust you. Our eyes are on you. Lord, I pray for my friends this morning that you would grant us obedience to do what you'd have us to do this year. God, that we would follow you with our whole heart. God, that we would care about the things that you care about. God, we would love you. We would pray. God, we would see people the way you see people. God, you would put causes in front of us and we would say yes to do you. We would partner with you and you would do a great work in our life. Lord, I pray for my friends right now that are hurting that are broken, God, I pray that the restorer would come and restore and heal. God, mental illness, depression, God, we thank you that these are not too big for you. God, would you restore and help people that are hurting, people that have pain right now. In Jesus' name. And I pray this year, we would live for you with our whole heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, let's give it up for Jesus one more time. We're going to go back into uh, a song of worship. I want our prayer team to come up. If you have prayer for anything, we want to pray with you. But look at me. 2022 is a year to get close to God. Let's get close to Him. Let's love Jesus. Let's serve people. That's why we're here. Amen? Our prayer team is here. If you'd like to pray to receive Christ, meet me at the cross. so much for being with us here this morning. Happy new year. We're gonna continue to worship up here for a few more minutes. Our prayer team is gonna stay down front. You are welcome to stay as long as you'd like, but you are released. Thank you for being here and happy new year.